Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on a Wednesday evening. I am Adam Ronis here for one hour, taking you until 8 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Of course, you can always check out the show on demand if you can't listen live. And you can find all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. Have my Week 5 stock watch up. Players who are rising and falling. What should you do? Should you trade for them? Should you sell? So you can check that out. We have Dr. Roto's Week 5 Waiver Wire Wednesday. Also a video of him doing the Waiver Wire pickups as well as it's a big night tonight in the High Stakes League. So Waiver Wire runs tonight. I know a lot of leagues ran last night, Yahoo and everything. They do it, but uh, a lot of the high-stakes leagues pretty much do it on Wednesday night, as most of my leagues do on Wednesday, various times throughout the day. So we can help you there. My Week 5 Fab Guide as well came out yesterday, so you can check that also. And make sure you ask your questions on the message boards and the forums. Anytime you want, you get an answer from myself, Dr. Otto, or Sean Childs, or maybe all three of us. And if you're not a member yet, Now's the time to join. If you enter the promo code RONUS1, you get your first month for free or one month free. So RONUS1 gets you one month for free. And also check out Scout DFS. Is, uh, keep, continue to win you guys money as well. We got hockey starting tonight for DFS. Basketball's two weeks away. So uh, a lot of money to be had. And we want to make sure that you guys are a part of it. ScoutDFS.com as well. Lots to get to today as uh, teams begin practicing in preparation for week five. So we have some notes on injuries, and Wednesday's always tricky. We'll also be joined by Matt Modica, plays in a lot of high-stakes leagues. He'll join me in the next segment to talk football. Let's kick it off looking at some of the top news. Leonard Fournette has already been ruled out for week five. No surprise at all. I think we all knew this was going to happen, but this is good in leagues where maybe you haven't uh, IR spot and you know the sites will be pretty quick to put him in there and you could pu- plug him in the IR spot so that's the the positives I think we all knew he wasn't going to play it hurt the hamstring in week one missed week two and week three came back last week and left early so I did get some trade questions today on Fournette I think it really comes down to what do you give up if you don't have to give up too much sure but there was a team who was one in three asking me to trade for a Fournette if you're one in three I don't see how you do it unless you're loaded at running back now if you're one in three it's not dire straits you know you still are alive I mean you get a win this week and you, you could potentially be a game out of the playoffs also it comes down to how does your league calculate playoff teams you know some do top four records next to at most points so you have to take these all into consideration when you're looking at it but with a guy like Fournette I, the Jags are going to be very very cautious here since he already came back early and as I mentioned in previous shows the last couple of days, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Fournette until after the team's bye. They have a bye in week nine. So I think it's possible you don't see Fournette until week 10. 
and it's just risky to acquire someone. Now, yes, if you're built for the postseason and your team's 4-0 and you don't have you have a lot of depth, you don't have to give up much, sure. I could see doing the deal, but you're 1-3. I don't think you can plan that far ahead. You have to worry about this week and the next couple weeks. And the other factor that people miss out on is when you acquire a player that's hurt, you already have a dead spot on your roster. You could easily have two more over the next week. You see how the injuries come quickly in the NFL. So you could be sitting in good shape right now at running back and say, oh, yeah, I can put Fournette on the bench. I'll be fine. And then all of a sudden this weekend, two of your other running backs go down. And now you're sitting there with three running backs hurt. So that's the other thing that you have to consider. We're all going to be hit by the injury bug at some point. If you've been fortunate so far and haven't had any, it's going to come. It just It's inevitable with the way the NFL is. So that's the thing that people forget. Like, oh, yeah, well, I'm good right now. I have five running backs. They're all healthy. I can take four now. Well, it could quickly change. And you have bye weeks coming up as well. You know, only two teams on bye last week and two teams on bye this week so far with the Buccaneers and the Bears. But that's the other thing that I think people uh, miss. Rob Gronkowski listed as questionable for tomorrow against the Colts. Now, he did return to practice today, and he was limited. So, obviously, we'll know tomorrow, probably about around this time, whether he's active. And you can make that decision. If Gronk suits up with the way tight end is right now, I'm going to play him. I have him in one league. I have him and Ricky Seals-Jones, so I'm hoping that Gronkowski suits up. Although I will say this, Seals-Jones in a favorable matchup this week. The 49ers have allowed a tight end touchdown in each of their first four games, and it's not like they've gone against the best tight ends either. So he's in play as a deep sleeper for me this week, but obviously I want Gronk out there. So it seems like it really is questionable. The Patriots could probably get by in this game without him. They get Julian Edelman back. Josh Gordon, you would think, would play some more snaps. And the Colts are really banged up on the defensive side, too. And remember, the Colts are coming off an overtime game where they ran a lot of plays. They're missing many guys, and they're going on the road. So it's a bad spot here for the Colts. The Patriots might say, yeah, you know what? Let's give Gronk the extra week. And and maybe it's the best thing for his fantasy owners. You know, you obviously want him this week, especially if you're – 0-4, 1-3. So I think we'll know tomorrow. As for the Colts, we have some definitive answers. T.Y. Hilton is out. He will not play with that hamstring injury. And the, some of the reports are that it's uh, it's more serious, that it might cost him more than this game. So that's really tough because Hilton has been a guy throughout his career that has been able to stay on the field. He hasn't missed many games. So he is out for sure. So that opens it up for Chester Rogers, Zach Pascal, and Ryan Grant to get more targets. Probably like Grant the most there and then Rodgers. Obviously, the Colts in this game should be playing from behind and passing a lot. And the Patriots' defense has not been good. They barely put any pressure on the quarterback. The only time they did this year was against the Texans, and we know how leaky that offensive line is. Jack Doyle already ruled out. No surprise here. That hip obviously has been a problem now as he's missed several games. So that'll make Eric Ebron get a lot more volume this week. And Marlon Mack was also ruled out with the hamstring injury. So... Uh, Robert Turbin does come back. I don't think he'll play a ton of snaps. And Jordan Wilkins has done nothing, and they're going to play from behind. So this obviously is a game that fits well for Naheem Hines, who was probably a hot pickup off the waiver wire this week if he was available in your league. And certainly in PPR formats, he's in play in this game. Uh, He's been getting a lot of targets lately, 16 targets over the last two weeks. 
converted into 14 receptions, and he did score twice last week. Now, he hasn't done much on the ground at all, but 26 targets in four games for Naheem Hines and uh, at least five receptions in three of those four games. So a couple teams on by and some injuries. Hines definitely in play this week, especially with Marlon Mack out. Joe Mixon was limited in Wednesday's practice. Now, he did practice in full pads, although he said he has not been cleared to return yet. But the comments from Marvin Lewis seemed optimistic. So there's a good chance that Joe Mixon does return this week. And it's interesting because Gio Bernard did not practice today with a knee injury. So uh, last week he was listed on the injury report with a thigh issue. This time it's a knee. And Bernard really was the main backfield uh, guy last week for the Bengals as Mark Walton left the game early. So Bernard had the injury late in the game. So it's possible Mixon might jump back into a huge workload. So, again, all indications now, it looks like Mixon is on track to return this week. And we'll just have to wait and see if that is the case. Dalvin Cook did not practice today with a hamstring injury. He said that the hamstring is not right. Remember, he returned last Thursday night, only played the first half, had 10 carries for 20 yards, did not have a reception because the Vikings' offensive line has really struggled to open up running lanes. They've done a pretty good job allowing Cousins to pass, and they've become a heavily passing team. But, yeah, I'm worried about Dalvin Cook this week. I would not play him as of right now. Uh, and, you know, it's a tough matchup. The Eagles have been really good on the ground against running backs. They haven't faced the, the best rushing attacks. They allowed a rushing touchdown in week one to Tevin Coleman and nothing since. But I'd be worried about Dalvin Cook right now especially when he said that his hamstring isn't right. As I've mentioned many times, players are very optimistic when it comes to injuries. So for a player to say that he's not 100%, and we saw what happened with Leonard Fournette. You know, everyone's vocal about Fournette and how pissed off they are because they took him in the first round. You know, Dalvin Cook, the frustration for him is not that far behind. You know, he was a guy that went a little while after Leonard Fournette, going late first round, early second round. So Dalvin Cook... uh, I don't like him for this week as of right now. I just think it's uh, it's tough to put him out there because is he going to be limited again or does he go out there and aggravate it? So definitely concerns for Dalvin Cook this week. Devontae Freeman was limited at Wednesday's practice. It looks like he will play this week. So he's missed three games with that knee injury. He gets a good matchup against the Steelers. Uh, we know how bad that defense has been. So Tevin Coleman really did not excel in the absence of Devontae Freeman. I think a lot of people felt like Coleman would be an RB1 with Freeman out, and he was underwhelming. You know, week two, he had a solid game, 16 for 107 and 4 for 18. Week three against the Saints, he had 15 carries, 33 yards. He did get a touchdown on two catches for 14 yards. And last week, 14 for 51 on the ground and 3 for 26. So it wasn't great. I think we all expected better numbers from Coleman with Freeman out, and it didn't happen. So Look for Freeman to go back into his role. Coleman will back him up, and it hurts Edo Smith, obviously, who did look good. And I think Edo Smith will be someone you know, you'll be able to flex in deeper leagues when either Freeman or Coleman is out. Packers have a ton of injuries at wide receiver right now. Randall Cobb, dealing with a hamstring injury, did not practice today. He said last week he wasn't close to playing. It's not a good sign. My guess is he's doubtful this week against the Lions. Geronimo Allison did not practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with a concussion. And, you know, concussions, you just don't know. We'll have to see if he passes the protocol. But if he 
if both those guys are out, I mean, they're really thin. They have some young wide receivers, and uh, we know Aaron Rodgers has not been happy with the offense. But uh, the guy to pick up is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Mike McCarthy spoke the highest of him. He played 54 snaps last week, only had three targets, and caught one for 38 yards. But here in this matchup, should be more competitive. Remember, the Packers were playing from ahead in that game against Buffalo the entire time as they had a shutout. So Valdez-Scantling will be a pickup in deeper formats. Will Fuller limited at practice today with a hamstring injury. He left last week's game, and he had this hamstring earlier in the year that caused him to miss week one. So the fact that he was limited, not a bad sign. Fuller has just been sensational this year. Uh, Whenever Watson plays, he tends to score a touchdown. So we'll just have to monitor this one. Fuller's a tough guy uh, to lose right now just because he's been so good. Lamar Miller was limited at practice today with a chest injury. Remember last week, he did not play much late in the game, and Bill O'Brien said he was a little banked up after that. Miller's been brutal. You know, Miller was a player, I had mentioned it in the preseason, I couldn't take him. I mean, he was sitting there in round five, and the argument was, well, he's going to get the volume. And and that's true, but every time he was on the board, I I just could not take him. I don't have any Lamar Miller this year, and so far he's been a major disappointment. We know the Texans' offensive line isn't that good. And Miller has gotten the volume, 21 touches week one, 16 week two, 15 week three, 14 last week, although, again, he didn't play much late in the game. But the receptions aren't there. Eight receptions in four games. He's averaging 3.9 yards per carry. He has one touchdown on the season, a receiving touchdown. He's been a massive disappointment. So Miller's a guy that right now, I just can't play. And I understand some of you might be really desperate at running back. And RB2, most teams do not have a strong RB2. They, because right now the position is is weak with a lot of injuries. And we're just kind of plugging in guys at RB2. You know, most of my leagues, I I am a strong at receiver. And it's the RB2 is the biggest weakness right now. Um, I have a 14-team league where we play doubleheaders and I'm 7-1. Now, I have a Kamara has carried me. But my RB2 every week is pretty much Austin Eckler right now. And he's been getting it done on limited volume. But that's the scenario right now. So I understand some people have Lamar Miller and they have no choice, but I don't feel good about it. There's a lot of other running backs I play over Lamar Miller right now. Antonio Callaway's dealing with a knee injury. He didn't practice today. It sounds like that he could play, but there's also talk of scaling back his snaps. He had a couple drops last week, and he's been making mistakes so uh, just keep that in mind. And it doesn't mean you should drop him. If you're in, a, in the shallow league, like I got some questions comparing Callaway to a few other receivers. And some of those other receivers I would take over Callaway. Again, I do like Callaway. You've seen the speed. He can get open. But he does need to be a little bit more polished and avoid those mistakes. All Sean Jeffrey did not practice today with a chest injury. It apparently isn't serious. I thought All Sean was very impressive last week uh, considering all the time he missed. And he's going to get targets. They just don't have a lot of weapons at receiver on the outside. Uh, we know Ertz is going to get a ton of looks as well. But Jeffrey was impressive last week. Eight for 105, a touchdown on nine targets. We'll have a little bit of a, touch, a tougher matchup this week against Xavier Rhodes. Marquise Goodwin not practicing today with a hamstring injury. Definitely concerned about him. I mean, he takes a big downgrade anyway with uh, C.J. Beathard at quarterback. I know it was fine for Kittle last week. But the problem with Goodwin is this has been kind of the story of his career. He's always been banked up. Concussions have been a problem. He had an injury in week one and now a hamstring injury. So I do think in a lot of instances you'll be able to 
cut him uh, in, in the more shallow formats, like 16 roster spots. I think he's cuttable if there's good wide receivers on the waiver wire. Adrian Peterson did not practice today with an ankle injury. They don't play till Monday night. Probably just being cautious here. Uh, I'm definitely worried about Peterson long term, as I've mentioned many times. Uh, Redskins have been playing well, and they go up against the Saints, who actually have been pretty good against the run. So this should be a Chris Thompson game. Chris Thompson's last game of Week 3, he really didn't do much because they played from ahead, and they barely used him. But a lot of weeks you'll see a ton of Chris Thompson, and if this game does turn into an offensive explosion, a lot more Thompson in this game. Corey Clement dealing with that quad injury, not practicing today. Darren Sproles also out, so... J.H.I. Wendell Swalwood will be the main beneficiaries there if that continues. And Sammy Watkins left Monday night's game with a hamstring injury. Reportedly, he's practicing today. Didn't say how much, but that's definitely a good sign. Chiefs with a big game this week against Jacksonville. So that should be fun. One of the best offenses in the NFL against the best defense in the NFL. So they certainly could use Watkins as Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Going to get a lot of attention, and you want Sammy Watkins out there. When we return, more football talk. I'll be joined by Matt Modica. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis. You can find me at scoutfantasysports.com. have my stock watch article up. You can check that out now as well as Dr. Roto's waiver wire article and video. You can ask questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign-up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Joining me now, it is Matt Modica. Matt, what's up? Hey, how's it going, Adam? Happy uh, happy Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, man, definitely. How's the football season going for you so far? Oh, uh, so far so good. I got a couple of really good teams, a couple of good teams, and a couple of teams that are going to need some help. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's how it is, right? When you play in a multitude of leagues that you're always going to have a, a couple of bad teams. There's going to be things that go wrong, especially in a game like fantasy football with all the injuries that occur. Yeah, you're going to have some of that with injuries and just guys not uh, reaching performances to date. But I, I always uh, look at it at, in quadrants of four. 
and, you know, the first quarter is over. So, you know, now it's the second quarter, and, you know, I heard you mention it earlier about some bye weeks and stuff, and, you know, that's that's the case, surviving. You know, nobody wanted to put CMC on their bench last week. You get him back. But, you know, you're going to have some other guys now that you're going to have to find a way to replace. Yeah, the good thing, though, if you do have McCaffrey is now uh, no more buys to worry about the rest of the year. As long as he stays healthy, you just plug him in your lineup. Did you get a lot of McCaffrey this year? Obviously, his price went uh, up as we got closer to the season. Yeah, no, as we got closer, I didn't get as much as I wanted. But when he was in that middle of the second, that was uh, that was kind of why I loved picking around seven or right in that middle of the first. Because when you came back in that second round, you either got McCaffrey uh, you know, like Devontae Adams, sometimes Keenan Allen. And one time I even got Michael Thomas. So that, to me, was a great area. You know, what's interesting with McCaffrey is the first two weeks, he actually didn't have a lot of carries. He only had 18 carries, obviously the big game in week two with the 14 receptions. And then all of a sudden he got 28 carries in week three. You think that was because the bye week was coming up and they said, you know what, let's just ride him heavy? Like, do you think McCaffrey, I think the big question for him was, could he hold up over a increased workload this year? Yeah, I think that could have played a bit of a factor. But I honestly, as one of the leagues I do own him in, I really don't want him getting 28 carries a week. I want him getting, you know, 20-plus touches. I want him catching the ball. So I think in open space, he's fantastic. And running the ball, all he needs is that one hole. We, we've seen it with a couple of runs, even going back to the preseason, the damage he can do. So, you know, I think this Carolina team, especially if they can get Olsen back, uh, sooner than expected, which sounds like a possibility. they got a pretty good team here. Yeah, I've been getting some questions about Greg Olson. People asking me to pick him up, and obviously the tight end position is a disaster. Do you have confidence, though? I mean, look, we don't know how serious the foot injury is, but we saw it last year, and he already hurt it again this year. I guess in deeper formats it's worth a shot, but I have some concerns of whether he's going to be able to stay healthy the whole year. No, I mean, I agree with you because, I mean, I didn't draft Olsen anywhere. Me neither. Uh, in, uh, in one of the high-stakes leagues I'm in with Chris Vaccaro, we went and uh, we picked him up. Chris really wanted him. And, like, the, and like the following week, we saw, you know, he's ahead of schedule and stuff. And in, the, in those situations where people just pick him up on the wire, I mean, obviously your team has to be in a, a good situation, like a 3-1 team, a 4-0 team. You're not doing it on a 1-3 team. But if you have a, if you have the bench spot to put somebody like that, I, I would do it. You know, you talked about how you didn't want McCaffrey to get a ton of carries. I feel the same way about Alvin Kamara, who I have in several leagues. And Mark mm-hmm. Ingram returns this week. What do you? How do you see this playing out? I mean, we saw it last year. They were both effective. And actually, Kamara had more touches and started to gain a bigger role down the stretch. I don't think this affects Kamara at all, but I see some people are worried. What's your outlook for this Saints backfield? Uh, I agree with everything you said, and that was one of the reasons why I love getting Kamara. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I want him catching a lot more passes because, uh, obviously, you know, I play in the PPR format, the full point. So I I want to see him catch the ball. And, look, Ingram's going to get uh, some work. It's not like he's not going to. But like you said correctly, last year we saw, especially as the season went on uh, and towards the playoff, Kamara was – starting to uh, take the lead there in the backfield. Ingram is on the final year of his deal. Peyton has never really loved him to begin with. So, I mean, Ingram will have a role, but as a Kamara owner, I'm not worried. Joined by Matt Modica. 
and talking some fantasy football. Obviously, the Colts a little shorthanded tomorrow. No T.Y. Hilton. Jack Doyle still out again. Do you like any of these Colts wide receivers? If you have some bye week issues or injuries and you're in a deeper format, is there a Colts receiver that you would start tomorrow against New England? Uh, would I want to? I, I would try and avoid it. I mean, the only guy I could kind of think of would probably be like a Chester Rogers, maybe, but I wouldn't want to be starting any of the Colts wide receivers. Uh, I'm hoping in the game tomorrow night that Chris Hogan gets more opportunities than the one target he got last week. I was kind of dumbfounded by that, and he's a player that I've swung and missed on this year. Yeah, let's talk about Chris Hogan because he is probably one of the most frustrating fantasy players right now. People were taking him in the fourth, fifth round. We saw last year when he was healthy. He was a wide receiver one. And this year, with less competition for targets, he has just been terrible. And there might have been people who benched him in week two when he scored his two touchdowns against Jacksonville. He has eight receptions in four games on 15 targets. What do you see as the issue? And does he get better with Edelman and Gordon gaining a bigger role because he sees less attention? I'm going to hope that he gets better with that. And as you stated, he'll get less attention and could open things up. I mean, like you said last year when he was healthy, he was a wide receiver one. Uh, You look back to the playoffs, you look at the touchdowns this guy had caught. I mean, he was a big touchdown producer. I know they're not predicted, but, you know, over a short span of games, I think it was like 13 games, he had like, you know, 17 games, he had 13 touchdowns uh, on a prolific offense, and it just hasn't come to fruition. So, I mean, right now, uh, like I said, I swung and missed. I'm hoping things do get better. Talking to Matt Modica, sticking with the Patriots, we've seen the backfield kind of clear up. It's Sony Michelle and James White right now. I, you know, people have always been like, oh, I hate the Patriots' backfield. It's a headache. Well, and I've disagreed. I mean, you saw it last year. But are both these guys uh, pretty much must-starts every week going forward? Oh, yeah, I think so. And I've been one of the biggest advocates for the Patriots' backfield. Uh, early on when I started drafting, you know, the beginning of August, I think it was that first weekend, I got Michelle in the fifth round, and he, he went, that was the day he had to – it came out like two hours later, he was getting surgery on his knee. But for me, it was Michelle and Burkhead was going in, say, seventh, eighth round. I liked him. I don't like the white at his price. But only two guys can eat in that offense, in, in, in that backfield, excuse me. And then we saw it last year. We saw it with Deion Lewis and James White. It was Deion Lewis and uh, Rex Burkhead. You know, then White took the, took the uh, back seat. Now that Burkhead's out of the picture, uh, you, you de- you're definitely in a good spot with Michelle and White. So I had both of them on a couple of teams. And I will roll them out. I, mean, I did it last year with Kamara in England. I think you can do it with the uh, Patriots in most instances, especially in PPR. Just when it looked like last week, maybe Alex Collins was starting to gain some more confidence from the coaches as he was getting some red zone carries near the goal line. Of course, he fumbles by the one. We still see a lot of Buck Allen, but would you be worried right now if you had Alex Collins or you feel like this is a good enough offense to continue to feed him the ball, even though he might lose some receptions and goal line carries to Buck Allen? Uh, I mean, you think you have to be worried. I think Alex Collins is is, is a good player. Uh, uh, it, it's early in the season still, and you know, he was what he did the, his last eight games of last year. So there's still time for that. But Buck Allen last year uh, in full point PPR was the number twenty three running back. So I mean, people. 
But, uh, I mean, I, I would bet on Collins getting better. I mean, if I had to, if I could get him at a, at a really nice discount, I'd be going out to get Alex Collins. I mean, Buck Allen coming into last, uh, to that Sunday night game had like 16 carries for 32 yards. No, it's true. I mean, Harbaugh was praising him. I'm like, what is he watching? But, you know, they <laughs> they keep giving him the goal line carries and receptions. So I have him in a couple mm-hmm. of leagues. I actually had a, had a start him last week in a league because last second when Chris Carson got scratched, and I was like, oh, no. And fortunately, I had someone to plug in that spot because uh, it was an afternoon game, and that's always rough. But, I mean, that's the, I was talking about it before. I don't think if you're in a competitive league, Unless you got fortunate, your RB2 is probably a spot where you're struggling and playing matchups every week. Oh, yeah. Just look at the wide receivers. Look at how many are on pace just to go go wild this year. I mean, Julio don't have any touchdowns, but he's on pace for like 2,000 yards. <laughs> yeah, everyone complains about him. In, in non-PPR leagues, I, I could see it. But if you're in a PPR for a bet, and most of us, I think, play in PPR, I mean, he's still producing – He's going to score a touchdown one of those weeks. Maybe it's this week. Maybe, right? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I wouldn't bet because, I mean, he seems to be allergic to the end zone. But at some point, just the lower averages. Talking to Matt Modica, one of the other frustrating running backs, and I guess I'm fortunate not to have any shares of him, is Kenyon Drake. I mean, he has just been non-existent in the offense the last two weeks. What is going on with Drake? And if you're in a trading league, because his value is rock bottom right now, would you buy low on him? I would buy low. I don't have any Drake. I did like the player, and I just didn't, in that third-round spot where he was going in most of my leagues, there was always somebody else I liked a little better. But this is the thing. When we talk about buying low on a player, if you're ever going to buy low, I mean, at some point, and I know they started out 3-0, and but the Dolphins are frauds. I mean, look who they beat. So I don't even consider them, uh, I don't consider them a serious team. And, you know, if you're going to practice by low, this is a player that can catch the ball. And at some point, uh, I mean, I know it's dangerous to say it, but Adam Geis has got to wake up, get him involved. We saw what he did last year. So if, if I could buy low on him, I would. Yeah, the thing with Geis is we kind of saw it last year. It seemed like <laughs> he wasn't confident in Drake. Remember, they went to Damian Williams first, and then Williams got hurt. Yep. So in Frank Gore – played more last week. I know it was a blowout, but wouldn't you like rest your veteran at that point and feed Drake and hopefully Drake gets some receptions, but it's just perplexing with Adam, what Adam Gase does with his running backs at times. Yeah. It's perplexing that Adam Gase is a head coach. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Corey Davis had his big game last week. He struggled in week three, but that was against Jacksonville and Blaine Gabbard started that game before Mariota came in. Uh, Is this the launching point where Davis, you know, has that breakout year, or was this just one big game where the stats were compiled because it was overtime? No, I think this is where you buy high. I, I think you go out, you buy high on Corey Davis. The thing is, Mariota being able to make throws again. Uh, you know, he, Mariota couldn't throw the ball. You had Blaine Gabrick. You had a game versus Jacksonville. Uh, I mean, I was a big Corey Davis guy last year. I didn't really get him this year. Maybe I had one or two spots. But, you know, he was going higher. At the end, he kind of slipped down a little. But he was going, you know, end of the fourth, early fifth. And, uh, look, this kid is really talented. And I, and I said, I think this is the – I think that was the game, and I'm not afraid to buy high. Talking to Matt Modica, 
Calvin Ridley has been uh, one of the best rookies so far. He has six touchdowns in four games, added two more last week after his three-touchdown game. We have seen the snap counts, though, a little bit low. But is Ridley someone that you believe in? And we know he's not going to score 20 touchdowns, but is he someone that you can rely on the rest of the year? Or if you have him in a league where you can trade, you would maybe look to shop him right now? Uh, I mean, if I can get – it depends on what my return is and what I need for it. I would be willing to shop with him. I'm not saying he's not good and all that, but I'm looking at snaps and targets and all that kind of thing. And, you know, it's, if you're going to sell high, as I, I'm just – I want to reiterate this point that I always hear people say, and people never give, like, you know, uh, people to uh, sh- show players to do it. But Calvin Ridley is a sell-high guy, in my opinion. If you can do it, get yourself something more of a proven commodity – or another position to help you out, I would do that. How about Ronald Jones? Uh, the Tampa Bay backfield has been an absolute mess. Peyton Barber didn't do anything. Jones came in this week, had a bigger role, didn't do much. They have a bye week. Do you think when they return from bye that they go to Ronald Jones? And is he someone you would add if he's out there? Yeah, I mean, I would add him if he's out there. Uh, I would try and pick him up. I think Tampa's going to commit to him. They have the bye week. It's all set up perfect for him. For him. I, had, I drafted Peyton Baba in zero places. I had zero confidence in him. I only had Ronald Jones in one spot, and that was like the 13th round of the New York Super with uh, Andy Saxon. We grabbed him there. He's been on our bench, and he's a stash guy that, you know. Look, we knew he wasn't a pass catcher in college. I mean, if you watch college football, you watch USC play, that's not his forte. But he, he could run the kid, and he should be uh, – he should be involved in this offense going forward. They paid a they paid a premium draft pick for him, so I think he'll be involved. Chris Carson did not practice today. Obviously, he set out last week with a hip injury, so we know, especially in the deeper formats, there's not much on the waiver wire. Mike Davis is out there in almost every league. Are you going to be in on the bidding for Mike Davis, or are you just going to put in lukewarm bids for this week? I'll put in some lukewarm bids. I mean, if I really needed somebody uh, for this week, and I had to get a win, maybe I'd be a little more aggressive. But that seems like a disaster, that Seattle backfield. I really thought it was going to be Rashid Penny week when I heard him. It was a great matchup and everything. And, you know, I I just don't know what the hell Pete Carroll's doing. I I don't think he's going to be long for Seattle after the season. Yeah, the Penny thing is perplexing. And I know people have held on. And, you know, I was getting some questions today. Like, if you have 16 roster spots – I think Penny's droppable at this point. To me, it was a bad sign that they went with Mike Davis and gave him a huge workload ahead of Penny last week, right? I think that was so telling. I thought, you know, Penny was going to be, you know, that it it was the perfect spot for him, the perfect matchup. You really could ask for more, and it was Mike Davis. All right, we will talk with Matt Modica more in the final segment. Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contests. It's a fun and a recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Bracket Contest. Are you out of your Survivor pool already? Fantasy Factor's Second Chance Survivor Contest is now registering. So sign up today. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. Matt, are you still in a Survivor pool? No, I am not, but I, I was never in one to begin with. <laughs> yeah, I never do well in those, so I just said, you know what, I'm going to stay away, and I probably would have been burned by some of the big upsets so far. Lots more to talk about, more fantasy football, talk with Matt Bodica 
It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, check me out at ScoutFantasySports.com. My Stockwatch article is up and enter the promo code RONIS1 to get a free month. Our rankings are out and projections for week five through three weeks. We were number one in Fantasy Pros. And you could always ask your questions on the message boards in the forums. Again, that is ScoutFantasySports.com. BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering and all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. BetDSI is now offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit if you use promo code FNTSY. That's betdsi.com. Promo code FNTSY. So head on over to betdsi and start winning today. Joined by Matt Modica. And Matt, I don't know if you have this guy this year. I stayed away from him, although I was kind of going back and forth in the preseason. That's Amari Cooper. And we've seen it has been a bumpy ride so far. Two awful games and two really good games. Is this what we're going to see from Cooper the rest of the year, or do you see this Raiders offense improving and Cooper will able to be more consistent? I think this is what we'll see for uh, the rest of the season, the inconsistency. I'd like to see him a lot more in the slot. I think, you know, get him involved there. That's the best place for him to be. But, uh, you know, they got Jordy and stuff and they're moving people around. I only have him in one league, Jackson, the New York Super. That was with Andy. That was in the third round. He really wanted him, so we went that direction. But uh, that's the only uh, spot I have him. I do think you're going to see what you saw so far this year, some big games and some games where he disappears. Do you – I mean, look, in that type of league, you probably can't bench him. I and mean, we know that there are people listening who are in more shallow formats. But when you see him go up against an elite cornerback, do you have – the inclination to bench him because we have seen he gets shut down by really good corners. Yes. I, I think he's going to have a problem this week too. Uh, I, if I have better, if I have a, if I'm really stout at wide receiver, then yeah, that's an option of, of uh, benching him in my opinion. Uh, a lot of people are excited right now for Aaron Jones and we can understand why. I mean, if you watch green Bay, you can see he's clearly the best back in the backfield. Unfortunately, McCarthy is still talking about playing all three. Is this a situation where you say you hope that talent wins out and eventually becomes the guy and you try and trade for him now? 
or do you think this will continue to be a three-headed backfield? Uh, I think uh, Aaron Jones will win out. Look, Jamal Williams can really pass block. That's his he, – he does a hell of a job at that. So, you know, he'll get – He'll get some reps. He's, he's not going to totally disappear. And Montgomery is a matchup. But, you know, their wide receivers are going down like flies right now. Uh, so maybe Montgomery gets some more play as a receiver at some point. Uh, he's a versatile player. So that's a possible option. But I tweeted out when Jones came off the suspension and McCarthy said he's got to work his way back. To me, that was Coach Beach. I know it's a three-headed monster. But eventually, I said then, now is the time where you buy Aaron Jones. I thought he was the most talented back in his backfield before the season. Nothing has changed in my mind on that. And like I said, this is week five. You know, by week 10, Aaron Jones could be the guy you really want to have on your team. And now is the time to get him. Yeah, and that's something that you have to look at with these situations. Is Do you feel it's a similar situation for Nick Chubb, we saw him have two big, long runs, but he still has not had more than three touches in a game. I know Hugh Jackson has said we need to give him the ball more. Carl Osada obviously has gotten a full workload, and his yards per carry not great. He has finished off drives, but could you see Nick Chubb being that type of guy later on in the season? Yeah, I could see Nick Chubb being that type of guy, but I think you know as long as Carlos Hyde continues to get the job done, overall throughout the games and you know i think Thomas Hart is a good player uh i think he has it, it's a tougher path and look he had what three carries and you know that crazy run he's talented Nick Chubb. everybody i don't think that that was the that that was a roadblock for him it's just you know they got Carlos Hyde right there he's a veteran i i just think Hugh jackson is going to stay with hard for the time being Joined by Matt Modica, we've seen Naheem Hines play a big role, especially the last couple weeks. He has 14 receptions over the last two weeks on 16 targets. The Colts have been unable to do anything on the ground. Can Hines keep this up, you know, for the course of the season? Or you see the backfield getting crowded and he gets phased out? You know, what's his value the rest of the year? I, I think if he's out there, you go get him. Uh, you you be aggressive with him. Because, I look, we're seeing how – Look, I've always loved pass-catching backs. That's, that was his calling card coming into the year. He fumbled the ball like four times in preseason, which really really depressed his value. But I, I never believed in Jordan Wilkins. And Mac is still not healthy. And even if Mac comes back, there's, in my opinion, there's still a role for Hines. He's going to be the pass-catching back on this team, regardless. So, yeah, I would uh, if he's out there on your waiver and you're bidding tonight, I would aggressively go after him. If you just look at the trend this season. I mean, the passes and the running backs is just even getting more and more. Talking to Matt Modica, Demarius Thomas got off to a good start week one. Ten targets, six for 63 and a touchdown. He's done nothing since. I think a lot of us thought, okay, quarterback play was a problem the last few years. You bring in Case Keenum. It looked good week one. Case Keenum has not thrown a touchdown since week one. Is this a problem more on Case Keenum? Is it on Demarius Thomas? And does Thomas get better going forward, or is this going to be something that we deal with the entire year? I think this could be a tricky situation here. I, I, I really did like Keenum last year, but it seemed like that system fit him perfectly. Not so much in uh, Denver. And, you know, I mean, Sanders is the guy you want there. At some point, is it, do we see Court and Sutherland really emerge? I don't know. 
I mean, I'd be concerned if I'm a Demarius Thomas owner. I mean, it's not the season's far from over, and I'm not going to count him out. But I'm not. I'm not going to be confident going forward. Yeah, I feel the same way. It has not looked good. A lot of drop passes, and then when he was open for that game-winning touchdown, Case Keenum missed them. So, ah, oh, that was so terrible. He was so open. <laughs> yeah, he was, and you know, a lot of uh, people were asking me about Keenum last week and, and playing him, and I'm like, yeah, it's a great matchup against Kansas City, but Keenum had really done nothing. So, like, people wanted to play him over some better quarterbacks, and it's like you can't do it. You know, like. The matchups are no. important, but you got to look at it the way a guy is playing, right? I totally, I totally agree. I, sometimes I think we overvalue the matchups with certain players. Look, unless it's a really talented guy and the matchup is just so good, in certain instances we're taking guys that aren't that talented and we're just saying the matchup. Okay, yeah, if you're gonna get if you're gonna get 28 carries, then yeah, I'm gonna start you. But otherwise, sometimes I do think we make that mistake. I really didn't like Derrick Henry going into the air, but there were a lot of sharp people I know that liked him. So I obviously, when I see that, I'm like, okay, what am I missing here? And what we're seeing now is the reasons why I didn't like him. I felt like Deion Lewis was going to play a role in this offense. I felt Derrick Henry was barely going to be involved in the passing game, and he was relying on touchdowns. He's obviously been terrible so far for fantasy. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet. Even the weeks where he got the volume, he he wasn't very good. Does it change, or is this what we expect from Derrick Henry the rest of the way. Uh, I mean, I was a Deion Lewis guy in the, in the uh, preseason. I have quite a few shares of him. I don't have – I have one share in the GST of Derrick Henry. I think I got him, like, you know, the second to last pick of the fourth round. So, but I do think Henry, things will get better for him. Uh, as long as Mariota can stay healthy, uh, I think that'll help him out. They'll be able to move the ball more. Uh, he – He's going to score some touchdowns. He's going to get rushing touchdowns. And if this team can, you know, beat teams down with their offensive line, you know, come that fourth quarter, we've seen Henry have the ability when, you know, defense is a guest, you know, he can make that 70-yard run. So he's a guy that I wasn't in love with, but I do think better days are ahead with. Talking to Matt Modica, our buddy Truck on Twitter asked a question. He goes, would any of you bench Mahomes for Cousins and Luck this week due to matchup? And I think Mahomes owners, you got to remember, I think Mahomes owners in a lot of instances probably have another good quarterback. I know in the league I have Mahomes. Mm -hmm. I also have Matthew Stafford. Now I've been rolling with Mahomes every week. Mahomes is home this week to Jacksonville. He's obviously played very well. Even last week when he did not play well in the first half, he still finished with over 300 yards, a passing touchdown, and a rushing touchdown. But we've seen Jacksonville be really good. What are you doing with Mahomes this week? Yeah, I mean, I'm in the situation in a couple of spots with Mahomes. In the GST, I got Breeze and Mahomes, and I seem to play them every other week wrongly. I always make the wrong choice. <laughs> Too bad you can't trade, right? Too bad you can't trade in that league. <laughs> but uh, in my other league with Mahomes, I think in the Super we got Watson and Mahomes, so that's a nice combo to have. This week, I would uh, I would start uh, Cousins over Mahomes. I mean, for me, I, I would do that this week if I had both. Yeah, and the thing, too, with Philly is they've been good against the run and not good against the pass. And we know Minnesota cannot run the football right now. How worried are you about Dalvin Cook? I don't know if you have him in any leagues, but I, I think the, the alarm has to be ringing right now with Cook. Yeah, no, I have him in a couple of spots, and I love this price in that, you know, 
second round. You know, he was going early second, middle second. And I really like that price. And I played him last Thursday night when he was active, which I thought he would get uh, he'd get targeted in the, in the passing game. I thought that was the that would be a safe floor for me. Instead, he had ten carries and then disappeared. And I just don't know how healthy he is. And I think they may have to you know give him some rest. I think a lot of people last week benched Jared Goff, and he obviously went off. I don't know if it was because they were scared of the Minnesota defense, which obviously is not what we saw last year. And Goff's another guy, too, that depending on where you drafted, sometimes he went as the 15th, 16th quarterback off the mm-hmm. board, so you might have two good quarterbacks. Is Goff pretty much must start the rest of the way? I think so. I mean, I, I really do because this Rams offense, this Rams team in general, they have to be the odds-on, the clear favorite for, for the Super Bowl. And, I mean, they just got, they got the perfect weapons, getting cooks, and he's, you know, he's willing to slow down. It looks like the one improvement he's made, too, is the deep pass. I thought that was a problem for him last year. But, you know, this is his third season, you know, second season with, uh, with the new coaching staff and all that. And, I mean, the weapons. Cooper Cup is uh, really turning into a hell of a player. I love the spots where I have him. Uh, you know, Cooks and Woods. And one team I have, I have Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup on the same team, and we just start them every week. You should. I mean, the Rams, basically the Rams, you play those guys every week. Even if you have two of the Rams receivers on your team, the way that team is built, they're going to put up points every single week, and you know where the ball is going. They don't throw to the tight ends. It's Gurley and the three receivers. So, yeah, there's probably mm-hmm. going to be a week here and there where maybe they don't live up to expectations. But right now, who's slowing down this team? I think you just play those guys every week. I, I would. I mean, I, I, I would advise and consent on that. Uh, this offense is play those guys. You know, play play your Rams. You want to have Rams stacks. I mean, Goff made some ridiculous throws last week. I, there were so many of the throws where I was just like in awe. Like he just put it in the perfect spot. I mean, they ran a clinic mm-hmm. last week against Minnesota. Yeah, and the Minnesota defense. It's just turned to trash. I, I, I don't get it. I can't believe how bad that secondary is. They got some good players back there, but how about this Broncos backfield right now with Lindsey and Freeman? Because Lindsey's look good, Freeman looked good the other night. Do you just kind of use those guys as RB twos, or do you worry about starting one of them because we know that the workload is limited? And Devontae Booker's even on the field. Yeah, I'm hoping Devontae Booker gets phased out. Uh, I like both of the Lindsey and uh, Freeman. I think Freeman's going to get touchdowns. I think Freeman's only going to get better as the season goes on. I think he'll get an increased workload. And Lindsey, you know, the kid, the kids had some start to the season. So uh, I was a little skeptical in the leagues. Uh, that I'm in these high stakes, he went for like 40 or 50% in that second week. And I was like, whoa. But, you know, if he's going to do this all year long, then, then it was worth it. Yeah, so far it has worked out. And uh, I did pick him up in the GST and uh, finally used him last week, and uh, he was pretty good. Talking to Matt Modica, you know, uh, we've seen a lot of the quarterbacks who were drafted early really disappoint so far, and many of the late round quarterbacks have done well. We've touched on a few of them with Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes, and even Matt Ryan.
But Russell Wilson uh, has really struggled so far. He's been held to less than 200 yards passing in each of the last two weeks, and he hasn't been running at all. 42 rushing yards and 11 carries as he's dealing with a hamstring injury. Are you worried about Russell Wilson, or do you think he'll get better? Because we've seen Wilson struggle before and then all of a sudden turn it on. i got to believe he gets better. Uh, if Doug Baldwin can stay on the field for him, that's going to improve his game. If one of these guys, whether it's Mike Davis or whoever, can be you know, a half-decent running back, just help a little out, I mean, you want to see them do the play action. That's where, that, that's where they uh, – thrive and his ability to keep plays alive so yeah i gotta think russell wilson gets better but is it a concern that he's not running because that elevated his floor oh yeah no it it is but you know like you said the hamstrings probably bother him you know maybe right now he just can't do it or doesn't want to do something that could possibly lead to a uh serious injury Larry Fitzgerald's dealing with a hamstring injury. He's been a major disappointment so far, especially with that offense. Uh, would you buy low on him, or do you think this is going to be a, a lost year for Fitzgerald? Uh, I would not, not be buying low unless it was a really uh, super discount. I stayed away. I, was, I love Larry Fitzgerald. He's a legend and all that. But, you know, another year older, the Bradford-Rosen combination, I – I, I, I didn't want any part of him. Yeah, same here. I avoided him. You know, I, I know the last few years you can pinpoint the numbers, but every once it comes to age at a certain point, the offense was trending down. He's a volume-based guy. and a spe- I don't even see how you can start him in a non-PPR right now. I mean, he just, he's never been a big mm-hmm. touchdown scorer anyway. So, yeah, I agree. I, I'd be worried if I was a Larry Fitzgerald owner right now. And you know he's tough, and he's probably trying to fight through this hamstring. Yeah, I'll, I'll never question his uh, his game and his character, but I'm just happy I don't have him. All right, that is Matt Modica. You can find him playing in a lot of high-stakes leagues. Matt, thanks for the time, and uh, good luck this week, and accept GST. Yeah, <laughs> to you, Adam. Always a pleasure. All right, man. Again, that is Matt Modica playing in a lot of high-stakes leagues and always providing good information where we have them on the show. In the meantime, you can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. If you use the promo code RONUS1, you get one month for free. The projections are up for Week 5. My stock watch article is up, letting you know players that are rising, who's falling, should you buy, should you sell. Of course, Dr. Roto with his video on waiver wire pickups. I'll be back Thursday evening, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.